It's almost there. Stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. Don't call me white girl. That's a real it's day folks. Unpopular opinion. Jail's not that bad. Boom. Pop your shit open and grab that nigga by the head and get the. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's something about them whispering in my ear, the whole name thing. I like that. I like a nigga to whisper. What's your cash? <laughs> that's what's different, and that's why, statistically, number-wise, not only do we not get the same amount of riches as them, we do not keep it. Nowhere mm. near how long they'll keep it. Hello, welcome back to the Don't Call Me White Girl podcast, the number one podcast in the world, deemed by Phelps. I got my boy with me. What's happening, yo? Phelps Hugo. He spent his day in Baltimore yesterday. How was that? <laughs> it was cool. Went down to see my folks, my nigga Mar, down there. Shout out to them. He didn't bring me, but <laughs> I, I told you why, though. His exact reason for not bringing me was I saw on your close friends, you was in there with them dirty ass kids, and I figured you couldn't get out. <laughs> Whether he was right or wrong, it still hurt. Um, shout out to Baltimore. Shout out to the Eagles. In the words of the viral sister that went viral a week or two, E-L-G-S, Eagles. Shout out to the Eagles. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm an Eagle fan when we winning, baby. You know what I mean? And we're winners. What's that black boy on the team? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Shout out to that nigga. <laughs> Doing your thing, boy. Slam dunking, touchdowning. Everything that y'all <laughs> do. <Sling it. laughs> so I'm with all that the football shit, you know? Shit, go long, nigga. Zach in here, he didn't like that I called him shady last week. Uh-oh. Messy. He didn't like the messy one. Oh, oh yeah. Zach messy is a motherfucker. He I didn't mean it. He's not messy. He's a really nice guy. How are you, Zach? Um, me and Zach are going through a rough time because there's so much sexual tension between the two of us. Um, and it's hard on Phelps. The whole thing is hard on all of us. Um, what I will say is he looks super skinny. He works out and everything, eats well. He looks super skinny over the weekend. And then he went to a rib competition where he made 47 slabs of ribs. And he came in second place. And I was disappointed in you, to be honest. I expected more. But I didn't win? Yeah, like you won last year. The thing about it is the fix is in. Why the fuck we ain't cash at the judges? It's a simple thing. I know who the judges were until we got there. I know that nigga that was 108 on the left in that picture. The one that was like, looked like it could have been last rib. He was the one. He was the one that hated on you. (laughs) I kid you not. This nigga was in a rib cooking competition. I seen that. And he came in second place. Yeah, like the, the stack smoker. And he looked pissed about it. How did it feel coming in second place? Seriously, was it like upsetting? Do you feel like you really should have been first place? Nah, the dude who came in first, his was better in my opinion. I, I did a couple steps wrong in the, in the process. I so told his, you his last time, good. you used Madrigan oranges. I told you that. Did you, did you try his? Yeah. They Were was, they good? They Oh, all right. You motherfuckers was tough. What's wrong with you? My shit was too tender. It was too far off the bone. That's how we like it. Well, then y'all would have gave more to me first. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we got some guest episodes coming in the next couple of weeks. I don't want to hear no complaints from you bitches. <laughs> I might also have a big surprise for you all in a while. <laughs> you bitches think I'm a real bitch now. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> Please send up to the cash app. If, if I'm mine, if I'm, if I'm in some kind of absence. 
And these niggas get on the socials and say, we need a couple dollars, send it. <laughs> this is not a drill. All right. Um, I don't know if I talked about microaggression last week. Did I? About the white girls touching your hair? Did I talk about that? Mm-mm. Okay, so a girl on TikTok went kind of viral. I am a TikToker now. Um, it's a very up and down thing for me. TikTok is rough. I already told y'all, no disrespect, but TikTok is the land of the disabled. If you're missing an arm, if you're at home, you're trying to make some money, you're missing an arm, a toe, a leg, you can't walk, you can't talk, you limp, you're homeless, you live in the car with your dog. Bro, get on TikTok. That's where you belong. That's where all of niggas reside. And they <laughs> pin their cash apps. And sometimes they, bro, I was on a bitch live last night. Her exact words. Are you going to send $100 or $200? Because my car payment due and it's four fifty. And the girl was like, you don't got to talk to me like that. I'll send 20 She was like, all right, clip. Like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? You know what I mean? This bitch ain't had nothing on her lips. Her lips was dry. And they was pink. When your lips pink, you can't let them get dry. You know what I mean? Raisins, pink raisins. Um, shout out to you though, because you've got that car payment paid, girl. Um, the fall is here. I would say I'm super excited, but I'm not. But I am starting a journey of intermediate fasting and walking because Benny Black or Benny Boom or whatever nigga name was that gave me a piece of avocado this morning. What's his name? Ben. Shout out to fucking Ben, because Ben lost fucking a bean in eight months. I'm like, bro, was it crack Damn. or meth? He like, nothing. I'll be intermediate. I'm like, okay, intermediate cocaine. Speaking of cocaine, Rashad was like being so strange um, the other night. And he was like, mommy, I, I just, I want to say something. But I know if I say it, you're going to say, you're going too far. Chill out. Because when it's just me and Smush, I let him cuss. Yeah. And we be just cussing. You know what he kept doing yesterday? Oh, mom, look. And I look out the window and be a random white man. He be like, another cracker. What right. exact words was he don't like crackers unless it's cheese on them? And as soon as I got to say, like, all right, it's too much. But it's really not. So it's, like, a hard thing, but I'm a mom. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we enjoy our little cussing sessions. Like, I, I think he gets his shit off. He's very good at cussing. He called me a uh, um, big nose head bitch. And I was like, <laughs> I think you mean big nose bitch, but he just put nose head ass bitch. But I said you have to add the ass if you want to add another adjective. Yeah. Um, so I'm just teaching my child, you know, things to survive. Um, he's so handsome. But he was like, like, we was in our cussing session, and he was like, no, you won't say I'm going too far. I'm not going to say it. I'm like, bro, just say it. And I'm like, no. I'm thinking he about to say, like, pussy, you know, or balls. Guess what he said? What? Cocaine. And he said it real low, like, cocaine. I'm like, I ain't a cop, nigga. Say that shit. Coke, nigga. So then he says, well, what is cocaine? I said, it's a very dangerous drug. Um, people use it It lasts five seconds You know And right after you use it You want more and more of it Until you sell your video games And um, He was like So Basically crack And I was like Nigga this is a trick question <laughs> You know what cocaine is Cause you said crack right. And I was like No you cook cocaine And turn it into crack in fact, that's what mommy went to prison for at 21. I, told I was going to ask you, did you tell him Of course I did. And I was like, you know, you get a lot of trouble for it. I explained how a lot of people like to take different things to get them, like, you know, feeling good or whatever. I said, have you ever seen anybody drink alcohol and act strange? And he said, no, because his father doesn't really drink. I don't really drink, so he's never been around that. You know, when you're kids, that's the thing, y'all bitches are so judgmental. Just think about it. Little Mookie knows when you go to that box wine, that you about to get the holler. <laughs> Your kids know you got an alcohol problem and you judging motherfuckers online. <laughs> the kids be like, oh, God, you got another box of wine. Oh, that's all right. She's going to whoop her asses. That's your children's lives today. 
Um, but yeah, he didn't. I can't really explain it that way because he had never really seen anybody drunk. So I feel like if he does see it, he's gonna be confused by it because he has didn't really grow up around it or whatever. Um, but I just tell him, it's like you know, in this country, people like to do things to get out of their mind. You know, people will pay for that. And sometimes when you, I told him when you do anything too much, something bad typically happens. I said, you know, how you play your game way too long, your eyes burn. Mm -hmm. I said, or you know, you staying up too long playing a game and then you can't get ready for school in the morning. You know, that's the consequence from doing what you were doing too long. But I try to explain it basically everything. Then I'm like, you see, mommy gain weight is because I'm eating sugary stuff and I explain it. You know what he said? You're perfect. You're gorgeous, mom. And then he ends it with, and you have the fattest butt out of everybody. We have such an inappropriate relationship, but I love it. That is my favorite child. I don't give a fuck. All right. But, um, yeah, so I explained to my eight-year-old about cocaine. That was cool. Anyway, girl goes viral on TikTok where I live now. And um, I'm blocked until October the 5th. Have no fear. I'm coming. Is it a coincidence that I get blocked off every social media app we're going live? Yes. It's only a coincidence because it cannot be me. There's no way that I'm the problem. Imagine me being a problem. I could go live on Instagram November the 15th. And I can go live on TikTok October the 5th. And I can go live on YouTube in the middle of October. No big deal. You got um, blocked off YouTube live? Let's not talk about it. I'll just call Phelps and go live with Phelps until. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this girl goes viral uh, because she's walking through the hallway of her job. Um, while she's walking through, she's like taping herself. Somebody in the background sounds like a man. He says, you look beautiful today. She's saying, thank you, Zach. You have to engage, baby. She's saying, thank you. Hello, Jets in the building. Another Aquarius in the building. It's about to get shaky in this motherfucker. So Aquarius in this motherfucker. Listen, two Aquarians in a room don't know how we make it. And sometimes Jet gives me a little attitude. And I'm like, I don't know what I did, but I did something. Because Aquarius can sense, Aquarius can sense shade. So if I'm being shady to Jet, and I really want to be shady to Jet, but I'm being shady to the light skin boy just because I can't get the Jet, Jet smell it and give it back. And only a way Aquarius will tell you. Because if I tell all y'all about it, y'all won't feel it. But this Aquarius motherfucker, no. How are you, Jet? Good, how are you? You shaved everything off. Why? Hey, yo. <laughs> are you going to McDonald's or something? That's the only time people do that when they have to work a shift at, like, Wendy. <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny. You already look young as shit, Jet. Any younger, you're not going to be able to get into a bar. Um, but yeah, so she's walking through the hallway of her, um, Jet, listen to this story. She's walking through the hallway of her hotel. She's taping herself, pretty girl. And she says, um, you know, guy says, oh, you look beautiful. So she says, thank you. The bitch can't even spit thank you out with some, I'm assume bitch look like Roseanne. That's how she sound. White, trailer parky, you know. Oh my God, I told her. I can't keep up. Just five seconds ago, she had curly hair and today she stopped her. Excuse me. I am very, first of all, I'm the kind of person that I look up to you automatically if you have a certain amount of education. I really admire people that go to school. I'm from a family, I always tell y'all this, I'm from a family full of women on my mother's side. All of them are educated. I, my fucking aunt is a chemist, for love of God. Bernice Grimes is my aunt, my grandmother's sister, and she's a goddamn chemist. She's 4'11". Her feet, little as a motherfucker. I don't even know how she walked without falling <laughs> over because her feet are little. Aunt Bernice looks a little more like Midget, little person. T-Rex arms. She's tiny. She told me I had big feet when I was eight. And I told you I was going to get you back for that one, didn't I? <laughs> now I got a platform and I can talk about how little your ass is. Grown you as you is, you, you can't even get her. nothing. All right, whatever. She said my feet was big. It bothered me. It was like in the 90s, but I haven't <laughs> been able to get over it. Either way, um, but I've respected people with education and um, 
I love when my sisters are super articulate. Rhonda's very articulate. Like, I love when a black woman can speak for herself. And I love, my mother calls it nice nasty, when we can cuss people out without a curse word. Because mm. that's the smooth way to do it. And them people can't take it when you do it like that. So she turns right to her, stops everything. Excuse me. Could you please not do that? Could you please not mention when I change my hair or how I change my hair? When you do it, it makes me feel uncomfortable. She said, no, I love your hair. I was just saying you change it so much I can't keep up. She said, I know what you're saying. I heard what you're saying. I do not like it. Please don't do it. Mind you, this bitch is clearly walking through her building. You to open the door, bitch. Shut your mouth and open this door, bitch. <laughs> Okay, did I ask you when the trash man come or did FedEx come or did you catch my DoorDash, Roseanne? No, whore! Just shut the fuck up! That's what I would have said. But she said it real clearly, and the white lady was so sad, and she was like, oh my gosh, you quit it, you're so rude. But um, that was it. But you know what else she said to her? She said, I deal with the same kind of things at work, and it feels like a microaggression to me. You're being aggressive to me in a different way, and I don't like it. Shout out to you, sis. I know you're going to see this, right? Loved it, loved it. Would I have preferred you wrap that motherfucking thin ass hair around your hand? A little bit, yeah. But that's how Demona would have did it. That's why Demona's a felony. You're not Shaquita, and I fucking respect you. That opened up the floodgates for a bunch of black women telling their experiences. And bro, from from me watching like a 50 year old black woman say that her boss comes to her and says. Um, you made such and such another white coworker feel uncomfortable, and I think it would be really nice if you could just go out to lunch with her, or mm -hmm. maybe. And she quit her job that day. I'm talking about a boss coming to their employee, 50 plus lady, saying you have to use outside time and hang with this white woman because you're hurting her feelings by not hanging with her. That's what black women are dealing with in 2023. It makes me so sick when I see these viral videos and people explain it. Sometimes even black people about how racism doesn't exist, but that's the thing that people don't talk about, people don't know. Mm -hmm. You at your job and you like to get your hair done and you have to be touched. Do you know how many times a white girl fingered through my hair? I can't, it's too many times to name. At ages where I wasn't old enough to understand that that's not, that's inappropriate, you should and be touching me, mm -hmm. right? Um, it, it's, when they say microaggression, I think what they mean is it always starts as a friendly thing. I'm giving you a compliment. I want to hang out with you. I want to sit with you. I want to eat lunch with you. I want you to tell me more about yourself. But the reason why a lot of black women on these job sites or at school don't engage is because once they do, it's no cutoff to it. Mm -hmm. Now you want to know my dreams and my fears and my sign. You want to hear about my man. I can't have a boundary with you. And once I do, then you say I'm aggressive. And then you say I'm being mean to you or take it farther enough and say I threaten you. People lose their jobs like this today all the time. I'm talking about story after story after story. Imagine how many times that black girl went through that hallway just to get to her car to go to work and she's tensing up anxious about what this lady at the door about to say to her that she's hiding with a smile mm -hmm. at this point i am a really positive person i am a positive thinker and i do see the glass head full and i do feel like some of the white women don't even realize what they're doing they just so and doc you just so that privilege is just so deep inside you just don't know with the busy fall season already in swing, you're probably looking for wholesome and convenient meals for these jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, is here to help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, dinner, with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your front door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay, or get in track with a healthy lifestyle. Listen, I get it. You're too busy this fall to cook, but you still want to make sure you're eating well, right? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store. Skip the shopping, the chopping, the preparing, the cleaning. Uh, skip all of that while getting all the flavor and the nutrition that you need. 
Factors fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat that bad boy up and enjoy. Adjust your stride this autumn without missing a step. Choose from 35 plus weekly flavor packed meals like cranberry pecan chicken, apple Dijon pork chops that'll satisfy your fall cravings during this busy season without all the hassle. And if you're like me and trying your best to be calorie conscious, Factor is the move. With their dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around 550 calories or less per serving. This October, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Head over to factormills.com slash DCMWG50 and use code, once again, DCMWG50 to get 50% off. That's code DCMWG50 at factormills.com. Holla at them today, y'all. I'm also a firm believer that if you're a white person in 2023, you don't have a bit of, like, white guilt, just a little bit, or at least a, some kind of understanding or compassion to the black struggle in this country, then you're a fucking racist. And I hate to make the one jump to the next, but that's just the truth to me. That's my truth. Um, a light-skinned black girl. We moved to the suburbs when I was 12 years old. My first friends in the cul-de-sac. I don't remember a lot of them, but the father's name was Andy, and the father was a janitor. My mom was a nurse, and we had the same size house next door with no daddy. And they couldn't understand that. Where's your father? They would ask me every day, where's your father? Where's your mom's boyfriend? Where's your husband? All the time. They, we would, they would say, what you want to watch? And I would say, Baps. And they would say, oh, that's chocolate movie. We can't watch chocolate movies. Any movie that wasn't all white cast, we couldn't even watch it. Um, and that was my experience. And they said shit and did shit and, you know, hurt my feelings sometimes. You know what I mean? And it created a really, like negative attitude, almost like I would brace myself for them white girls when they came, you know? It was rough, moving to the suburbs from the hood. For love of God, Judd, the bitch had a trampoline. She could have called me any N-I-G, hard R. I'm staying, bitch. <laughs> this y'all's? <laughs> Ain't nobody gonna come get this motherfucker? Yeah. This is amazing. Jumping up in the air while they just saying racial shit to me. I'm in fucking bliss. I never seen a trampoline, nigga. I used to, um, when I was younger, I used to hang with uh, my like couple of my white friends from school, like the ones I was cool with, like on the basketball team shit. I ain't never really seen nothing too crazy. And then it was kind of like, I, I guess because we, you feel we all play, when you hoop and go to school, motherfuckers, y'all get closer, y'all talk about it a lot. Like the niggas whose parents was racist or some shit, we like, we was like, yeah, the his pop, we don't, you feel me? Mm-hmm. It was like certain parents or cribs or niggas we ain't go over because we already knew, like, I have never had a positive relationship with a white person. Every time I build a friendship, and I've been in love. I'm a type that I love my friends very hard. Every white friend I've ever had, we in rough. Why did they just stop speaking to me? My last white friend was Nicole, and I love Nicole. And we met in jail. But she was from a really nice area. I kid you not. We met in jail. She was from a nice area. Her crime was like some real gangster shit, chasing her down. She running from these niggas all in. Like, she got tackled inside. I remember her telling me how when they shot her with the stun gun, it was attached to her leather jacket. She came up out of it, and she's still running down 52nd Street. She from Westchester. This bitch ran to West Philly. <laughs> you know what I mean? She all the way down. Um, and it just... When she got out, it just lowered and lesser and lesser, and then she just didn't talk to me. And I remember us 
running into each other later, and she would be so friendly, and I'd be like, bitch, you are my friend. Like, we were so close. Some of the relationships that I established in jail, most of them, I've never lost those friends. Um, Latoya, I'm sure you're watching this. Love you, bitch. Shakara, my first Sally. We're still like this. Mm-hmm. When you meet in jail, you bond with them people. When you know you could trust them from there, it just yeah. comes to the street, and it usually lasts. It stays down or whatever. But that's been all my friendships. Emily, I can name these bitches down. They all hurt me. I she totally understand. Mm-hmm. A four, she, she's not too close to Urban, but she still is. You know, she's yeah. been exposed to it. That's a great question. Three, white three, she's, she might dabble here and there, but she's still Valley Girl. She, That's a great question. Two, she, she might know one black person. Yeah. To be, honest, to be honest, I believe I was the only black friend. And you got to think, if your only black friend is my color, that's like, yeah. does it even count, nigga? Like, you didn't even really, don't get it fucked up. I don't know how to describe myself in a way of, like, I always say, well, I'm really woke, but that sounds so corny. But I was raised, I always tell the story, my grandmother had a picture, and I thought it was ants on a log, but it was a diagram of slaves. And she's explaining this to me, and I'm like, seven. No, those are humans. And this is how we got to this country. Well, where'd you go to the bathroom? On top of each other. Where'd you run? On top of each other. What if somebody died? You died right there. Like, my grandmother was real raw with that. Only time you left the bottom of the boat, if you was a woman and you'd be a bad witch where you would sleep with them upstairs. Like my, I knew that at seven. Mm-hmm. We celebrated Kwanzaa. She paid African drummers to drum for us. She would tell me, you too yellow, not, you too red not to know what's up. That's what my grandmother would tell me. And I know what's up. I meet women, because when you talking about complexion, I meet women, men, black as the night. They don't know f- shit. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I will be on live explaining to 50-year-old black people about what redlining is. And to me, if you're a fucking homeowner and you don't know what redlining is, that is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. People at home, redlining is literally a map with a red line where niggers were allowed to live and where they weren't. Mm-hmm. If you think this is way, way back, it's a politician, big, named Cory Booker from New Jersey. Cory Booker's fucking parents had to pay their, not pay, had to hire their white friends to go throughout the housing process for them because they would go see these suburban houses. Mind, mind you, let me slow down. Cory Booker's parents were like doctor and lawyer. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, um, when it was time to move on up and move to the suburbs, it was that hard too. Every time they would find a house they liked, it would magically disappear off the market. They couldn't come see it. Even when they would get desperate, say, fuck it, we'll buy it. Oh, well, somebody bought it and then it would still be on sale next month. They um, get their Jewish friends, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but they're white friends to do the whole process. But of course, when it's time to sign the papers, who has they to come in? They gotta show up and sign. When they show in, the guy that's doing the signing with releases their dog. The dog then bites Cory Booker's father. Like, Cory Booker's alive. These are his parents. They ain't his great, great, great parents, yeah. you know. But redlining, I think it changed. I wouldn't say it stopped. You know what I mean? Even if you look at gentrification and how. 
a lot of those people were tricked out of their homes, and now these are these million-dollar homes. Um, the last time I lived in Philadelphia, I moved from Philadelphia in 2014. I lived down the bottom at 39th and Lancaster. It's jammed in the middle of University City, which is gentrified, in the bottom, which is the trenches. And um, my block was right there, just, you know, on the cups, you need to go. And everybody was letting it go. Um, we were, like, one of the last to sell. The house was raggedy as shit. We still got a pretty penny for it. And um, the guy turned it into apartments. It's like 10 motherfuckers added extendo on the back. Small ass row house turned into an apartment building for the college kids for Drexel. Mm. It was one older black lady on the block. And I really feel like her kids won't have to sell it because she not giving it up. Um, and even us, we, we held on for a long time or whatever. But I watched a documentary just about how they did it in Brooklyn. How they, You know what I mean? It just, it's just trickery. I'm talking about from setting fires to starting floods. When you don't want to move, they get kind of dirty. They get kind of mm -hmm. down and dirty because we got a dream for this block. Um, Miss Rodriguez, and you're not about to stop it because your fucking grandfather came in PR. We don't give a fuck, bitch. Get his house up, nigga. This is a Starbucks you're standing in, whore. Mm -hmm. We don't care that your grandma and your abuela was born upstairs. We don't care about that mess your abuela and your motherfucking papa made. We want this house, nigga. We want kick pops right here. <laughs> Jen, I'm not going to keep you too, too long. That's really all I wanted you to know. But that's a good thing. What Jet said off camera was, Did you do you know the gauge of your white friend? Meaning, do they have some kind of exposure to urbanists? Do they like the culture? Do they whatever? And honestly, especially when I think about my last friend, I definitely probably was her only black friend in a positive aspect. I'm sure the life that she was leaving behind, because to add on, she did do really well at the jail, never got back in trouble. We, you know, got a career job, you know. Um, seen the dude over in sidebar. She had a fat ass. <laughs> and she ain't like black guys. I used to say, girl, I'll take you down the bottom and you ain't gonna make it out. And she would do this like, I smell shit smile. Like, girl, I don't wanna be down there with them gorillas. I, I did, I don't, when I was younger, I know what Jet mean, cause I, I was around him so much. I definitely used to like, could kind of gauge like some of the white friends I had with shit, most of them, they couldn't like, talk back to their parents. Like, I seen my white friends get their hands put on them how I was at the crib. So I'm oh, like, wow. Yeah. Hmm. Not all of them, but some of them. Um, and no, then, I was around a lot of, fuck you, mom. Nah, yeah. I and, fucking hate you. I fuck, I don't, I'm not doing fucking dishes. My, what, why are you divorcing dad? And my homie probably should be like, you talking that shit? Let's go out front. Like, he, yeah, like that. Like, I seen his, my, my yeah. You spicy whites or regular whites? Nah, regular. Wilmington whites. Wilmington whites, like Polish. My homie. Wilmington whites are technically spicy whites. My homie grandma, she stayed on, like, uh, Vandiver Avenue till she died. You feel me? Old wow. white baby. Yeah. Wow, look at that. Look at the big old balls on. Yeah. Then the Italians, Abigail. I see them. They talk back. Italians have you on they slap shit. Get the, yeah. the dog shit slapped up. I'm so glad <laughs> you brought slapping up. Slapping is a lost art. <laughs> Number one, for you to really be able to positively slap. So, because I've slapped a nigga. Like, for... I was I went to an alternative school called New Beginnings. Shout out to Wilmington over East Side. <laughs> you ever heard of New Beginnings over East Side? Are you from Delaware, Jack? Okay, so <laughs> not far from Benny's, the hoagie spot, it was an old church and that was an alternative school. Um, in my class, I was in ninth grade when I got kicked out of William Penn, and in my class was eighth graders, ninth graders, tenth graders, eleventh graders. <laughs> so we was doing division. Fucked, we're fucked. Um and I remember it was like a little white boy. He was super tough, like thug the fuck out. And he was just nigga this, nigga that. And I'm like, bro, I don't want to hear you keep saying that, bro. Like, you're 4'11". Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and he would, like, double down on it. No hard R, but he was just a gangster. And I'm like, Slim Shady, I don't give a fuck, nigga. Watch your mouth around me, bitch. I'm a gangster, too, right? Because we all, we are all fucked. We're yeah. all going to prison. Statistically, yeah. all y'all on Ritalin, and we're going to jail, right? Statistically, half you motherfuckers will be on heroin soon. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. And, um... 
you know, it just got rough. And I remember smacking him in a good smack because a good smack is palm to cheek. You want your fingers in eyebrow areas, special mention, tuck that pinky in and gouge that nigga eye just a mm. bit, right? You want your smack to come from here. You, you a perfect height for smacking things. He said, my man. Um, because you want to curve that thing laying on that face, but you want to put a little infamous on it so that motherfucker step a little bit, stumble. Worst case scenario, you miss, you get mostly neck. You leave two lines on the neck, but you, the job's not done. Smacking is a lost art because it's about disrespect. disrespect. Does it hurt? Yes, but your feelings hurt for years. Yeah. And that's the plan, you know? I'm glad you brought up Slap because we had a conversation yeah, about we, smacking. Yeah, we did. And then I mentioned, I don't want to say no names, but Gilly and Beanie Siegel in the 90s, right? <laughs> on South Street. What? Remember Major Figures versus State Property? Remember? I know state about, property, Major Vickers won the war, but state property won the war. How do you say that? State uh major uh state property won the major figures won the battle. The but battle, state, but state property won the war. Because of the slap. I don't think a lot of people know the history. Um I ain't know that. I know about the slap, but I ain't know it was like a whole thing though. It was a whole thing, like people died. Um, because you were here, um the young guns say rest in peace, LA. And allegedly, LA was murdered by something going on, major figures. Mm -hmm. Spado, who's home now, did a long time in prison. Um, it's really crazy because if state property would have been, I mean, excuse me, if major figures, which was a rap group um, from the late 90s that was Gilly the Kid, yes, the Gilly that y'all know, he was like in charge, I would say, kind of. Ab Lava, who still works for, works with Pharrell and them or somebody like that. Yeah. Um, Bianca. Damn, I cannot fuck that up. Major figures, yeah, the girl was Bianca for sure. Shout out to Bianca, legend. Um, Dutch, um, Rolex, Reese Rolex, can't forget him. Um, I'm forgetting somebody. Dutch, Spado, Gilly, Bianca, Reese Rolex, Reese Rolex, and then I think Rucky died. Six of them. It was a couple of them because there's one that I'm forgetting. He hosted Bump. Shout out to Bump. I cannot fuck that up. Um, but their group was offered a deal by Jay-Z. Mm -hmm. Infamously, Gilly turns the deal down, said it wasn't worth it. Mm -hmm. The group kind of went to the wayside. The only people that were really successful, like in music, I would say was kind of Gilly and Ab Lava to a certain extent. Gilly went on to work with Cash Money. Mm -hmm. Gilly is attributed to the rise of Lil Wayne, the change of his flow. Real Philadelphians know that the Carter one sounds like Gilly from the ad-libs to the verses. That's mm -hmm. a fucking fact. We could debate it all day. Um, of course, I don't take nothing from Lil Wayne. I'm a huge Lil Wayne fan, but why would they, why would they drop it like it's hot? Don't sound nothing like the Carter one. The Carter one sounds like a nigga from North Philly with a bald head and a bad attitude. Um, but yeah, so Gilly turns the, the deal down a year or two later. Beanie Siegel gets a, the same fucking thing and state property takes off and they're legends. Mm -hmm. um, you know, who knows what would have happened if major figures would have really took their deal because both of them on both sides are, they can rap, you mm -hmm. know. State property, we talking Beanie Siegel, Oskino, Sparks, shout out to my nigga Sparks, shout out to Oskino. Oskino was impressed by my rap for BET. He told me to get, Oskino told me to get in the studio, nigga. <laughs> my life is lit. Sparks used to be my favorite one, man. Bro, when I tell you was Sparks was the first one. Philly legend rapper that would like post me and mention me, and I would be so hyped. And I would be on and I would add him to the live and he'd be with a fitted cap with his head real little inside of it. And the whole <laughs> live would be like, who this? And I would be so offended, like, fuck y'all. 
Oh yeah, nah. Oh yeah, nah, nah. I'm laughing because of the joke, but I not who that. is this? Fuck I'm talking no. about the people. They just don't know. It was crazy because when I was young, and I like, for me personally, because all the other artists they prop sparks rap. Shh. Sparks rap, Sparks rap the least. So I used to be hyped for his little ass eight that he was coming with every time. And then when he got the star and stay prop too, I'm like, y'all don't see this nigga. Star. I just knew he was gonna be in movies. I just knew he was gonna because Sparks was way bigger than the raps. And, he, and his whole vibe. And the know. stay prop two thing, I was hyped because that was after Jay Z had stole his song. You feel me? So I'm like, all right, this is what song, man? Give it to me. That was Spark's song. Oh, shit. That was, was Spark's song. song. I know that, but I just forgot the whole thing. Yeah. And they put him in the video, put, had, which is insult to they injury. They said Hove came in the studio. Hove took more than that. Yeah. Hove took Chris Hove flow. So what is that? The Blueprint? What's that one solo joint? Blueprint. Or the Dynasty? Because the he Dynasty started, is not a group album. It's just... No, the Dynasty is a group album. The Dynasty is a group album. The group album. Yeah. Rock Life Familiar. That's a group album. It's, it's, it's one of Hove's single albums, but it is a group album. Yeah. It's like, it's like a okay, label, well, like we, a label we, album. But listen, if we was having a rap conversation with other rappers or industry or whatever, that's still not that's not considered a group album. I'm gonna tell you what it is. That's it's, what I'm saying on paper. Right, but we know. It was, it was, let me show you who my acrylic is. Here's yeah, my it was like how them old, remember how Wu-Tang would do their albums where it'd be like a nigga album, but it'd be another nigga on the whole joint? I've never listened to a Wu-Tang album. Please don't judge me for that. I know it's wrong. I'm sorry, bro. What the fuck? Like, what the fuck? I mean, I listened to the whole shits later, like all the way through. I was I a big ODB fan. But back to Sparks. That's embarrassing. Back to Sparks. Um, back to Sparks. Yeah, Sparks. All the niggas is legends to yeah. us. I mean... They probably was everything. I was in high school. Like, we did the drugs they did. We did, I mean, literally, we rolled the blunts and what they rolled the blunts with. We were like enamored with them niggas. And I, even still, they their shows are packed. Like, they don't I do empty shows. I never got to get a big ass state property coat with all the pockets in it. I never oh, got to get Oh, man. One. State they property. It was too big for me. Like, I was. Bro. It was too big, bro. State property was a clothing line that literally made clothes for you to hide your crack in them. Like, they drugs had all and the secret yeah, pockets. Yeah, all, the pockets, so was, hold, all the pockets was for guns uh, and weapon drugs. Or yeah. your Drugs, how admirable is that? Fire. Shout out to State Property. I met Beanie Siegel for the 18th time, and I was with <laughs> Phelps. Thank God, because I ran over to this nigga. Have y'all ever had Sid Booker Stingers, the bar, the, the legendary bar to sell the big shrimp? My grandmother told me that the shrimp were as big as a hand when she was a kid, and they were 75 cents a piece. But whatever. Now you can get a half. You can get six for 13 dollars. Um, but yeah, shout out to Stinger. We're at Stinger. Of course, Beanie coming to get some shrimp. Like, why not on a random Monday? Me and Phelps coming to get shrimp. I'm thinking I'm exposing Phelps because Phelps is a Southwest nigga. I'm exposing him to Stinger. Not a Southwest nigga. See, excuse me, West, South. I'm South and West. That's the weird part. Not well, Southwest. Well, why can't I put it together? Like, you have to stop me with that? you know it's different. My fault. So what do, you, what do I say then, Phelps? I've been, listen, I'm from three places, man. You pick. What would the fuck would you would be more you appropriate say than saying Southwest? South or West, but not you Southwest. You pick one, yeah, pick one. You see what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, but I wanted to expose Phelps because that's a North Philly treasure, Stinger, Sid Boogers on the corner. Mm -hmm. And we see Beanie Siegel, and I look at Phelps like, I'm about to embarrass you, baby. Phelps give me this big old no, smile it wasn't with these even two coolers, I'm, I'm and he driving. allowed me to embarrass him. I'm driving, and I look, and I'm like, oh, there go Beans. Mona's like... Oh, Phelps, you got to pull over. I'm jumping out this car while it's moving, nigga. That's what you said. And I jumped out while it was moving. And I ran up to him. This is my 17th speech that's similar to the 16th and the 15th. I talked on the toilet to Benny Siegel. There's no reason why I should be running across the street. But I still ran. And he smiled. 
And I was like, you want to come on a podcast? He was like, nah, I'm not big. <laughs> I was like, Dave Mays, Breakbeats, like, nah, Yo, I, I got to send you the ball I'm not on IG. It. I don't give a fuck about who you talking about. I'm not coming. You know it's a, you know it's like IG joke specialist? It's a nigga who specializes in doing the jail vent jokes. Oh, my God, I got to send them to you. How niggas talk through the vent? Yes, hilarious. Does he do arguments? Because niggas would argue through them vents. He do arguments. He do the joints with niggas be bitching about how they want to go home. <laughs> if he, wow. if, and he, and he, he uh, like a Jersey gang nigga, I think. So he be talking about the gang shit, how niggas be in there getting G-checked, dropping their flags. It's the funny. last time I was in jail, um, I had to do like five days in the women's prison in Delaware before the feds came to get me. And this girl sung, I miss my boyfriend, Tony. <laughs> Every time we locked in, she was scared. I miss Tony. I miss you. Mom, she was in jail for stabbing Tony's wife. She was probably 20. Little young girl. Fucking with this old head. He busting her ass to the point that she didn't fucking poke the wife up. Joey Butterfuco. I'll talk about that in a second. And this bitch sung in them fucking vents like Tony was here. Bro, my head was about to explode to the point. I got my hands like this and I'm screaming, Tony's fucking his wife. Tony loves his wife. He's nursing his wife back to help her. I don't care. I love Tony. That's jail. Everybody used to be cussing around shit. No, not everybody. She could fight. A lot of people ain't say shit. Even me. I waited for a minute because I didn't want to wrestle with this bitch. But I couldn't take it anymore. Like, we're locked in together. Why the fuck do you keep talking about this nigga? At least change it up. Rap. At least sing another song. Remix yeah. it, you fucking bitch. You can't even do that right. Yeah, can't she... make songs about this nigga. Can't take him from his wife. You bum. You done poked up the goddamn wife. Now he fucking changing her bandages, bitch. Changing bandages and eating pussy. Making French toast. Tony don't give a fuck about you. What I told her in that event, Tony hates you, bitch. Your wife had more bread than you. And he'll be at court, bitch, testifying. If you notice, I mentioned Jody Buddy Fuko. I remember that as a kid. It was such a big story. Jody Buddy Fuko was fucking Amy Fisher. It was a fucking kid. She was like 17. Fucking her, breaking, you know, breaking her teenage ass back, which technically today she would consider a fucking victim. But back then they considered her a whore and a Jezebel. She knocks on Jody Buddy Fuko's wife's door and blasts that bitch in the face. Damn. Then... She was charged with attempted murder, baby. And every time that wife came with that motherfucking long ass uh, lip that she gave her with that frozen face, Joy Butterfuco was opening the door. Here you go, babe. He came to every court date. Shout out to you, Amy Fisher. What a fucking mistake. Yikes. Um, so random. Where were we? I guess microaggressions? Yeah. Um, to wrap that up. <laughs> I am totally understanding now that y'all are corporate girlies. I just, some girl just DM me that works on Wall Street. I am so proud of y'all. And I love the fact that y'all doing your thing. And I love that I'm your little vice. And you gotta listen to me real low in the office. Cause if your motherfucking coworker heard how many times I say, nigga, you'll be suspended, bitch. And you love me and I love you too, bitch. Meet me at the show. When you bitches, listen, when you bitches, Come to see me and Phelps. Let me know. BSN, DSN, DDD, EDD, whatever, bitch. I was an LD, learner disabled. I respect the fact that you bitches fuck with me. Like, this is fucking amazing. I love that I'm your little ghetto-ass vice. (laughs) Isn't that cool? But to my corporate girlies, y'all been dealing with them white bitches all this time? 
that's call what your de- cousin that's what up deterred there. me from I ain't even gonna lie, that's what kind of deterred me from like cause all that school in my life. It's it's like when you in school, kinda especially when you in predominantly white schools, it's it's I, I understand why my folks did it like that, cause it, it give you a, a representation of the real world. If you want to get paper in that life, you feel this who you gonna be around. And I was just learning more and more every day. This is not what I want to be. Around. Because you have the rules. I still I think people don't understand. You have the rules, mm-hmm. and then you have these rules you have to live by because you're black, mm-hmm. and our playing fields are not mm-hmm. even. They're different. So if you want to succeed in some of these jobs, example. My ex-fiance, my son's father, he gets his job. He's working for Amtrak. He finally gets to the position he wants to work to Amtrak. They put him in Perryville, Maryland, where they said nigger. They would nickname him Michael Clark Duncan, who Mm. was the black guy that played on the Green Mile. He's a big black guy. They look nothing alike. They're not the same complexion. They're not the same height. They do Mm. have similar names, but they're not. They would call him that. And he would tell them, like, yo, don't call me that. You could call me... Let's say his name is uh, Ricky Brown. You can call me Ricky. You can call me Mr. Brown. You can call me Mr. Ricky Brown, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Ain't no Ricky Ricardo. Ain't no, you know, Doodoo Brown. That's all you can call me. And I remember he would call me from his job, and we, he would be laughing, but I knew he was upset about it. It's upsetting, you know? But that's what niggas do. We're going to laugh, or, you know, instead of crying. And what you going to tell and lose your job? And he would be laughing, and I would be disgusting. I would be going the fuck off. And I'm like, yo, you got to shut this down. Like, you cannot work like that. Mind you, they working in the woods. So I was very nervous for him. Mm-hmm. Shit, we ain't together. But I still don't like the idea of, of the father of my child in the woods with a bunch of fucking whites. Because when they grew up, they tend to act a little nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them told a joke, like, how many niggers have to take the screw in the light bulb? And um, Michael's like, you know, they had to go get tools or whatever. And Mike's like, oh, I'll drive you. And they drive, and Mike makes the wrong turn. And the guy's like, oh, buddy, <laughs> wrong way, bud. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got it. And he makes another wrong turn. So now they down a long, dry road with nothing else. And Mike just got out and walked to his side. That motherfucker hit that lock button. And then Mike like, come out. He wouldn't get out of that truck. Because he knew what the fuck was going to happen when he got that truck on that dark-ass road. Oh, when the white boys got out, he locked them out. Mike drove on purpose with him to get tools because uh-huh. his job, they own, like, warehouse here, warehouse yeah, yeah, there, yeah. you know. So he he knew where one was, where it was dark, and he drove his fucking ass there mm-hmm. after he made a joke about how many niggers did oh. it take to screw in the light bulb. And it's just them two. And he's smiling the whole ride, but when he gets out, he tries to get... The guy to get out, but he wouldn't get out the car. Yeah. Like he realized right then. So when Mike gets in the car, he says, Look, don't say nigger around me. And what's my name? And made him tell him his name three, yeah. four times. And he said, All right, we all right, buddy. Tapped his leg, scared to death, motherfucking handshaking. Yeah. But that's the thing. What you gonna do? You know? And that shit, I ain't never experienced like that's the crazy. My little I've ass had never girls, experienced no. I, I mean, I don't know. The only thing I could think of you never experienced is that it might have went over your head. I'm saying I like the 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 a scare tactic. Oh yeah, motherfucker, you could slip a joke past me, especially you know me. I ain't I'm talking about the real lie to my face disrespect or just no, I used to still. I, I used to get in trouble for fighting all the soon as a nigga they, disrespected. They, but it's it was... never really to your face. It's just like with him. You you purposely stand. I got a job. And but I'm just a, saying, um, ain't nobody crack a joke and drive me nowhere in the dark. I'm saying like no shit like that. Like that's no. Right. You. I think you got that story backwards. The joke is cracked around Mike, and then Mike drives the nigga down in the dark. Oh, Mike took him. Oh, I thought you said that, that he took no, Mike he, down No, he tells the joke purposely around Mike so he can hear it. Mm-hmm. Then Mike takes a tool ride with him 
son that he normally doesn't take, mm -hmm. and he takes him on a ride. So now it's just him and Mr. Nigger Joke guy. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, he without saying, I'm going to whoop your ass, he gets out the oh, car, okay. get out. Yeah, yeah, and the nigga, yeah. it clicks no, right oh, yeah, then and there. Start, yeah. Oh, this body don't like these black jokes. This guy yeah. don't like this nickname I gave him. And they never call him a nickname after oh, that. Yeah. They never played oh, yeah, with him feel, after that. See, when you grow, you got to do shit different. When I was younger and some shit like that happened, I wanted everybody to see what happened when you violated with some shit like that. And I was fighting in front of everybody. And if somebody wanted to jump in, then we all run for it. Yeah. But when you're young, I mean, it's at work. You that's know, what I'm saying. When you're older, you got to move with a job. So and he not did to it mention, right. He did it right. This was his goal job. This was his dream job. And he, he finally it right. got it. And that's what was so... And that's why I want people at mm -hmm. home to realize, especially the white people, like... Imagine that you want this job and you're making this great amount of money and this is perfect. Go over into it. And now your issue is that your co-workers want to tell nigger jokes. Mm -hmm. That's what it's like being in black skin. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you understand until you work in black skin, even with me. My black experience is different than yours. Mm -hmm. It's different than yours. First of all, y'all have penises. Mm -hmm. So you're treated differently, you know, and you're darker in skin. The darker you are, the harder it is here for you in this country. So, But to my corporate girlies, write in a bunch of horror stories about these people and what do you do about it. I'm just curious to know if I could give you any advice I think your peace of mind is, is most important I think you take the job where you make less where they're not calling you a nigger behind your back um, I watched a story about this girl she's about my complexion long curly hair and she worked at a sneaker store and they would just call her a nigger to her face nigger I mean and then they would they, the, the one of the guys that would call her a nigger all the time he got promoted and what she did was, is after she lost a job, she told the story on TikTok and it went viral and they got fired. But it's like, that's magic stories. Yeah. In reality, you just live in bubble fuck and nobody cares that that happened to you. You go into the police and you say they call a nigga and they're like, did anybody touch you? Yeah, facts. Thank God things are considered, a, listen, tell, take it to the highest person you could take it to, right. fight all that. But if that's going to mean your mental health is going to stretch you the fuck out, then walk away from the job. That would be my advice to you. Yeah. I feel like nothing is more important than your peace of mind. I don't care if it's a man. If it, the only thing that's really disrupting your peace that you kind of have to deal with is your kid. But even a husband, leave that nigga. I don't know why you bitches say. I'm heavy on fuck that job, so you can't ask me about that. My mother, too. That's her thing. <laughs> Fuck that job. That's boy. her thing. Um, I spent way too much time on that. I love y'all at home. I'm going to try to start telling y'all more stories. But I'm just curious about your stories, about anybody commenting on your hair, touching your hair. Um, How did you deal with it? Do you think it's not a big deal because you're fucking stupid? Um, I remember uh, I had a black substitute in high school one time. She was a younger black John. And they told her that her uh, she was coming in with her clothes too tight. They was, you know, Say what, baby? When I was, we had a black, a young black substitute in high school, like teacher. And they told her that, like the all the other teachers told her that she was like coming and dressed with her clothes too tight. Well, really, is she just has a body mm -hmm. and shapely? But that's what they deal with. My daughter is built like her mother. If I wasn't planning on putting her in private school. Her outfit would have to be different. She can't wear the same skirt or the same tights. It's just, mm, it's just what we deal with. Bigger. You know what sucks about that is that sometimes that's black on black because when you're growing up, your elders and your family will say, change your clothes, there's men in here. Mm -hmm. Or why are you being fast wearing that kind of stuff when really they just being comfortable? Mm -hmm. Right now, teenager um, uniform, crop top tights, Ugg slides, or um, Yeezys. That's mm -hmm. just the uniform. Mm -hmm. If you are... Not developed, that's fine. But once you develop in some families, now you're being fast. I have your hips, Grandma, but I'm a whore because I'm wearing tights. It's mm -hmm. crazy. But women deal with that in their family. I can remember distinctly making sure Amina's pajamas were a certain way 
when we lived with a man that wasn't her father. Um, and I don't know why, but I think I, I definitely know that I started it when she was four. So she didn't sleep in a shirt and panties. She slept in a pajama outfit. And mm. she knew the rule of the house was you only could be in a T-shirt and panties in your room. But when you leave your room, you had to put clothes on. And Smush runs around in drawers. That's not fair. But um, my job as a mom is to protect. Yeah. And I don't think that it's engrossed or I was about to say, I strength. feel like you was being precautionary versus... The other thing is a progressive. They but let me tell you where it's coming from. It's coming from me here. Girls talk about that and how much it hurt them. Like, you know, feeling like they were treated like whores just because they got developed oh, and they yeah. were curvy. So that's where I'm coming from because when I look back on it, I don't want to be on the side of that. But I just know in those moments, I was just trying to protect her um, from whatever. Um, go downstairs. Go downstairs. I'm almost done. Go downstairs. My, one of my kids is here. I had it. So what am I going to do? I, go downstairs. I'm almost done, nigga. Is what the fuck I just said. Excuse me. I'm being a parent. <laughs> love you, hun. I love you. Are you okay? You feel okay with what I said? That's gentle parenting for me. I'll break your fucking neck. How you feel? You all right with that? Did that I hope that didn't hurt you. Huh? I take you out because I brought you in, bitch. That's how I'm raising him, right? I had to talk to Smush earlier because I gave him a little, and he be so offended. I can't even to the back of this nigga here, but I'm being so. He he is such a like a he's a he get, he's royalty. You heard it, I'm about to say you hurt his feelings when you when you he violate him. He walks around like he that nigga because I've raised him like that. But it's like, bro, I have to tell you about the rules. It just yeah. took you 45 minutes to get dressed. <laughs> like nigga, we gotta be at the school. You know what this nigga said? Are you going to make my toaster strudel? He don't give a fuck. Damn, and he eat breakfast in the morning? Yeah, old nigga. Nigga, wear me out. <laughs> I love my boy, though. For my son, it's very important that I don't demasculate him. Like, that's my whole thing. You know, what I'm, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm big on? I, will, I never want him to be smacked across the face from nobody. His father, his grandma, his sister, nothing. I just think it's, like, bad for their spirit. But a good smack in the back of this big-ass head I gave you? Fucking right, nigga. Whiplash, I all that. I my fitted smacked off all the time when I came in the crib. Bro. Oh, my God. Bro, I literally can only do that. And when he looks at me, his <laughs> eyes water, mine do. Like, it's very hard for me to discipline Smush. Seriously. Like, it hurts him so bad if I scream at him <laughs> yes, anything. Smush. He handles me like we on the same level to a certain extent, but in a very protective and loving way. Like, he's not my king. He's not, you know, the man of the house. Even though I tell him, man. He tells me, man. You know, man, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I just love him so much. I'm so proud of him. I just love his personality, his style and mm -hmm. everything. It's very hard when it's like, brush your teeth. Did you wipe your butt? Because that's when he's like, why you being weird? You keep telling me stuff. Yeah. It's like, I'm your mom, nigga. Yeah, hey, I done been in there where he, he must take a bath and he get the crying. Smush don't fuck with no baths, bro. That's not his thing. Like, I took one this week. Chill out. Um, I don't even stink. That's his main big thing. Why? I don't smell. It is funny. Like, we talk like we talk about Smush like this, right? If, if somebody hadn't seen him, they would envision him being a dirty scrum. And nah. that's not the case. Smush waves clean. Spinning. Smush waves. You feel Clothes me? Clothes clean. Yeah. You're not like, going to see Smush with a big stain on his shirt like a dweeb. His like, dirty sneak, a dirty joint. 
door and it's like he not yeah he not but, on it but he just not for that shit. but he also <laughs> likes to climb trees like yeah. he's an eight-year-old you know but he's different he's a capricorn he's very special um but i gave him a speech this morning i'm like bro i i can discipline you and that don't mean that i don't love you or we're not we the same like i fuck with you but you don't when you don't listen i'm going to scream at you and smack you in the back of your head he all for it with me to get in trouble Smush he come in like a- mommy she just said i think she called you a bitch when she closed the door like he all for it like mom i don't think she heard you let me get her again so you can tell her again I'm like, don't be that kind of Smush dude. Smush might be like a black Bear Grylls nigga. Like, he might be an outdoors, you feel you think me? think so? He might be. We were talking this morning about just life and stuff, and he was asking me something. Oh, we were talking about, because I was explaining to him, 95 South goes far. We can mm-hmm. go to Atlanta, we can go to Florida. We can, and he was like, because that's how his brain works. And he was like, so, Mommy, we flew, because we went to Florida last Thanksgiving. He was like, and we could have drove for free. And I was like, almost. <laughs> I was like, nigga, ain't nothing free in this country. What do you mean? I said, we would have to pay for gas a lot of times. <laughs> Tolls, I yeah. said, and then you know how we stop and we get a lady money and she gives us a ticket. I said, yeah, that's we have to pay. He said, you have to pay to drive on the roads? <laughs> that's ridiculous, mommy. I said, welcome to America. I said, nigga, ain't nothing free here, nigga. Yeah. Not even the water. Nothing. You know what he said? What? Nature's free, mommy. That's what I'm saying. He's just so, I'm like, you're right, baby. You want to go hiking? Fuck school. I love him, cause nature is free. I mean, I'm sure you gotta pay to get in certain parks or something, but I mean, for the most part, nature's free, right? I just brought that up because you said about him we being a young boy. We used to go play in the creeks, and you used to play in the creeks and shit, right? He's like, yeah, you feel me? Go out there, might catch a frog or something. You know what I'm saying? Or some type of bacterial disease, nothing mm-hmm. crazy. Um, real quick, cause we ran out of time. Check out the Kirk Franklin documentary. We'll talk about it next week. It's a tearjerker. I don't recommend watching it if. If you in a bad spot with your daddy, baby, or your mommy, baby, it, it for me, it resonated because my mother was lied to about who her father was, and it broke her heart. And mm. she still, my mother's a grown-ass woman, and she doesn't seem heartbroken about it, but she's very angry about it. My mother didn't find out who her real father was since she was 13, and she knew him, and it hurt her. So I've always came up with that vibe, and that's why my kids know everything. Mm. Like, I'm sure I probably exposed them to too much, but I, God forbid I had to lie. And when you being protective, you had to lie sometime, and I'm not willing to do that. You know, it's like, imagine if somebody telling them, you know, your mother was pregnant with you in jail. Like, and she didn't know that. It's and like, she didn't damn. Know already, yeah. Oh, mommy, why didn't you have a babysitter? Because we was in jail, nigga. I told you know, it's like Mina knows that she was my favorite Sally. Yo, it's it's funny. It's funny you say that, right? I seen this crazy shit. Um, because the only other part, um, I ne- I'm not gonna say that. I was watching this John. Um, this basketball player. I forget his name. Who the fuck was it? Some nigga that got drafted or. No, it was Lamar Odom. I fault. I watched the Lamar Odom interview. Mm-hmm. And um, he had he was, a rough upbringing. He was getting interviewed by the because uh, you know when, when players get drafted, them teams it's an interview process beforehand. So he said he got interviewed by the Bulls, and the Bulls owner at the time was known to be like, uh, like you feel me, like what? A, a penguin-shaped white man that wasn't really you know what I'm saying. Oh, he was Bruins bullshit. Okay, you feel me? One of them. Because I have no ideas. You got to tell me. But long story short. <laughs> He's sitting there. He asked Lamar Odom, and Lamar Odom don't even know who his dad is. Like you know, how you from the hood, don't really know your pop, know him, don't know him. Mm-hmm. He, the nigga says to him, um, "How did like how does your, how does your dad having HIV affect your plan?" Lamar Odom didn't even know that shit. Damn, he found, found out, out in that right, moment, right there in that moment. Wow, NBA, like that's how much is they, it filmed? Oh, I don't know, but Lamar okay. Odom said it. You okay, feel me? but that it was like they the NBA know that much. 
about everybody. Yeah, because they vet you. But that's crazy. Like you said, that he had to find. And then at like you, 19, 20, you got to find that out like that? That's Not to crazy. mention, Lamar Odom comes from that era of you're being raised by your grandmother and you tell yeah. somebody that and nobody even blinks because mm-hmm. everybody being raised by a grandma because mm-hmm. everybody's mom's Facts. on crack and everybody's dad's Facts. in jail. They come from that era. And it's like... That's a rough era to be from. And it's these kids going to school, dealing with all the pressures that kids go through, but they're not being raised by their parents and don't even know where the fuck their parents mm-hmm. are. That's just an extra stress. Imagine being 10 with that weight on your back or knowing, like, I my father was in jail, like, my whole young life. And I remember, like, I would be places, people would see what they did, and it would just bother me. It just Mm -hmm. flat out bothered me. I didn't have a stepdad, I didn't have a replacement, and I envied girls that had that. I can remember being Mm -hmm. in restaurants and seeing girls with that. I remember this guy, had curly hair, he had two daughters, and he was waiting for them to come to the bathroom, and I fell apart in the bathroom. And then when I came back out, I acted like everything was okay, but I was like five or six, and it hurt my feelings so bad because I missed my dad. Like, my dad was in jail, and it wasn't like, Oh, I didn't think. I thought about him every day. Mm-hmm. I remember the cops would ride by and I would do this. Because that's all I knew is they took my father from me. Like, I didn't know much. And, and honestly, my father's side, I think that they're more of them traditional niggas than a lot of people. Because mm-hmm. I can recall being on the phone with him around five and saying to him, if you're in the Army, why they cussing so much in the background? Army men don't talk like that. Because of my kid, my Army men wouldn't curse. But I'm hearing niggas in the county. Mm-hmm. And my dad laughed. And I said, are you in jail? And he said, who told you that? And I said, are you in jail? Like, you know, mm-hmm. and he told me i figured that out yeah. at five or six um but you know I, I don't know but kirk franklin documentary is good it's on his youtube you can watch it just google it it's a tearjerker it definitely makes me look at kirk franklin in a different way at one point he says about he speaks on his insecurities and how he could he has all these accolades because he the go and what he do mm-hmm. um he has all these accolades and not to mention sidebar Kirk Franklin fine as a motherfucker. I knew you was gonna say that. You keep I ain't saying that. Boy, Kirk Franklin, this pussy. I ain't trying to disrespect his wife. We about to wrap it up, but I would fuck Kirk Franklin with the quickness. Kirk Franklin come about right here. I could put him in my pocket. I remember we met Kirk. I like to Kirk, put him in my Kirk, back pocket. Cool. I remember when we was at that BT he shit. He in my back pocket. When we was at the BT. <laughs> you heard me right by my ass. We was at the BT shit, Zach. I'm outside. The first time, you know, I'm going to go outside take my smoke break. My first smoke break, I go out there, nigga, Kirk Franklin rolling up. I'm thinking I got to turn my back. Kirk, hey, what's, I, Kirk, I don't even know Kirk. Kirk speaking to everybody. Hey, what's up? Coming up, shaking everybody's hand. I'm Kirk, hitting the gas. Kirk Franklin was one of the biggest Respect stars. Kirk Franklin was one of the biggest stars in the room, right? Um, Gary is my glam guy, but he's also my brother. That's my nigga. When we work, I see how people rude or people to the people that help you. Camera guy, glam guy, whatever. I seen people play with Phelps back in the day. You know what I mean? Um, Because people just don't care. Mm -hmm. And I'm not that kind of person. When I'm on these big sets with all these people, I'm typically out front smoking with security or yeah, lounging. We, we BET, talk, we, we talk, were yeah, hanging we with the security niggas yep. with the BET Awards every weekend. Mm-hmm. We How we know that the, the lead of the security has sex parties at his house in the valley? <laughs> and the nigga looked me up and down like, baby, you too big. Like, you need to come down, you can come. Nah, for Keep real. Keep it real. You know the, he was like, bad bitches, they 40 and up, but you, they got flat stomachs, big girl, you can't come. It's weird because when you see, he like... He missed out because I could suck a dick. It's weird because when you see, like, them... Like, a regular security nigga, you like, all right, but when you see, like, the ball, the ball head black suit Magic with the earpiece niggas, you know, that to us, they, like, soldiers and type shit damn near. Nah, one of them niggas over there, like, yeah, I can't wait to get off work. I got about... I got three <laughs> dick sucks lined up. 
We like three dicks. He's like, yeah, I had sex parties all the time. These ain't young nasty. niggas, Vern. These is them 50 50s, old niggas. 50s. In their 50s. The older nigga in the gym that's going way too hard. Yeah, them yeah. niggas. <laughs> Facts. All black. And the craziest part is all them had bald heads. I said, my all nigga, y'all had to go bald for this shit? Yeah, because they He said, want... it's hard to find work, bitch. I shaved my shit. He, yeah, they said, because they because if it get real, can they can't have you mean? Yeah, they're like pulling you by your dreads while you trying to squirt this nigga out because he got a fucking sick obsession with Kelly Rowland. I gotta take this nigga down. Facts. Shout out, shout out to the Shout out to the bald light skinned nigga that had the sex parties that looked at my food pie when I asked, can I go? Shout out to him. He looked right at my food pie. Maybe next year, my mom. <laughs> After a nice carb-free diet and a cleanse, you could come. But I like only bad bitches with great pussy hair at my sex parties, bitch. I was like, all right, bro. That's a fact. He told Phelps, you could come though, little man. Hey, yo. No shade. It was all uh, heterosexual. Facts. Anyway, um, I just gotta say it. Kirk Franklin documentary. Please, please watch it. Um, I wanted to talk about Emma Rose versus Angelica. Um, me and Angelica had a bump in on social media, and I don't fuck with that bitch, but I still wanted to mention the whole issue. But I'll talk about that next episode. Um, I don't even really know who the fuck Emma Rose was, but a lot of you black bitches was coming to our defense. Why do we do that? If it's like a big beef between a black and a white, why are we jumping on the, on the white girl's eyes? It's just it's tacky. And please, can we stop debating about is, is Taylor Swift bigger than Michael Jackson? Is Taylor Swift bigger than Beyonce? So Taylor Swift ain't bigger than Phelps. <laughs> um, yeah, so watch Kurt Frank and we'll chat about it. You can also watch White Savior. We'll chat about that. That's a good join, three parts. And make sure you have time to watch that. It just came out on HBO Max. Um, we already talked about BS High. If you watched it, watch it again. This nigga just did a Joe Button interview. Download Joey's Patreon and watch Do that I look shit. look like a comment? Yo, he is like, <laughs> bro, I feel like he wrote down movie lines. Most of this shit was just movie lines. Um, I want you to come on the pod, so I'm trying not to disrespect you too bad Word, before Roy. you come. Nah, Roy, it's, it's funny, man. I don't care. You, you, I, I respect it, what you, you know what I mean? You never not funny though. Don't Before I move on to my dark side of the DM, this literally says the days when Trump video when Trump was on president and the videos would come out with the white people being racist and how I wish it would happen to me. <laughs> That's what I wanted to talk about. I gotta start reading books and shit. Dark side of the DM or a voicemail, either one. I'm sure do we have either one or no? Or kind of Yeah, we got voicemail. Got All right. Voicemail. Find a voicemail, and then while I um, find a DM, a lot of these DMs have been crazy, crazy, crazy ridiculous. That's the voicemail right there. The boulder. Yeah, I see you. Hey, I'm sure you don't remember we met in a random day at the Chinos by A Street. What's Chinos? Chinos is that Chinese racist? Yeah. This is a white girl. Can she say Chinos? Oh my God. All right. Hey, Mona, I recently found out my brother-in-law has been cheating on my big sister. They've been together for 20 years, had four kids together. They've been going through it, and I called my niece to check on her during our conversation. My niece, who's 16, told me she saw text messages between her parents discussing his affair and that this bitch alleges she's pregnant by him. My niece didn't go looking for these messages. She just happened upon them. First of all, happened upon them doesn't make any sense. Um, of course, and that's she's lying. She looked. Of course, he denied it, but... Didn't deny the cheating. Here's my issue, though. This bitch had the unmitigated gall 
to text my sister off some bullshit ass fence saying he told me I'm the only one who loves him. You're in my spot. He wants me to move in. Damn. I will attach screenshots below. Should I find her and beat her up? Any bitch that's bold deserves to have her ass whooped. And the text says, now this is a text from a woman who's fucking somebody's husband of 20 years. He's lying to you. He saw on the bed and told me that you're in my spot. You already knew he wants me to move in, so just go in peace. Don't be petty. He told me I was the only one that loved him for real, and you're just there for free place, which is what I'm starting to believe because now you feel threatened, so now you holding the only thing he really gives a fuck about, bitch, which is the kids, not you. So your time is up. You don't love him for real. You don't care about him. Let him be happy. Damn. Does she deserve an ass whooping? Yes. Should the ass whooping be by you? Fuck no. Let me tell you why. <laughs> Your sister been with this raggedy ass man for 20 motherfucking years. This ain't the first bitch he cheated on. This ain't the last. This ain't even the first pregnancy because who goes wrong with the side bitch other than a goddamn demon? Your brother-in-law is a demon from the pit the hell and your sister like it because he fucks the shit out your sister and sometimes he pays the bills or all the time what you gonna do is run around looking for his favorite side bitch put your hands on her god forbid he there he might co-cock you now you at thanksgiving and you say pass the gravy and mistakenly it gets spilled on your calf and you got a big ass fucking spot stained bruise on your leg because they pretended to burn you third degree with hot piping hot grits I was almost there. Piping hot gravy with onion bits in it, bitch. You know how hard it is to be burnt with a thick-ass liquid, let alone a thick-ass liquid with little-ass pieces of shit in it? Meaning it's one thing to get a bowl of hot grits to throw on you, but if it's shrimp in the motherfuckers, that's an extra sizzle. What I'm saying is, is every Thanksgiving, every baby shower, every graduation gonna be uncomfortable for your black ass because you for his favorite side bitch and your sister ain't leaving, bitch. If you want to fight the side bitch, do it after the divorce. See if that bitch leave him. She know what the fuck is going on. So, yes, when you come and you act all crazy and make your niece feel good, I'm going to whoop that bitch ass. Even talk to your sister, let her vent, and tell her how you going to whoop that bitch ass. You better keep it in the pits of your brain. Because if you fight Daryl's favorite side bitch, you're going to be uncomfortable at that motherfucking house if you even welcome. Then you're going to learn out the truth. Dick come before pussy. Dick run the world. That's really the secret. <laughs> And your sister forget about you as fast as she <laughs> met your black ass 30 Big years ago. Not pussy. Don't fall for it, dummy. Okay? Don't salon in the elevator. Because guess what? Hove's still around, bitch. It's the rock. That's a, that's a fact. Great. Ain't it like that? I killed that, bro. That was a great analogy. To Come great on, man. Fuck the voicemail. Wrap it up.